Hi, I'm Jordan. And I'm Doyle. And there's some things I got to say. Um, last time we, we talked about uh, social media and, and sort of some of the impacts and some of the behaviors and some of the, the uh, <clears throat> results, the, the outcomes, uh, things like that that, that, that result from uh, the proliferation of social media and, and, and the substitution of social media for uh, human, direct human communication. Uh, one of the points I wanted to, to begin with uh, uh, now is uh, sort of where we left it off. You had uh, made a profound uh, statement of declaration that part of what we're experiencing and seeing is people are substituting emotions and emotional reactions for facts. And uh, you went on to say that uh, uh, a civil society uh, is is based upon uh, several principles, uh, but one of which is that we we all agree that there are uh, immutable and irrefutable facts, things that that exist. And and uh, I think a simple example is is up is always up, down is always down, you know, yes is always yes, no is always no. Now, how we interpret them and how we apply them, uh, that's that's different. But I mean, you can't say that well, up is up today and down tomorrow or it's up for me and it's down for you uh it, it's it's universal to, to to a certain extent and um, uh, in in hearing you say that it, it was a profound uh, uh epiphany for me because it it really explained a lot of the um illogical uh actions and behaviors that i think uh, i've witnessed on social media and 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 even now in, in individual interactions. I think it has bled over from social media into per, interpersonal uh, interactions where people are talking to one another and, uh, you know, the loudest is who wins sort of a, sort of a, a thing rather than, you know, a, a rational discussion of, of facts and right and wrong and, and, and logic and, and conclusions uh, drawn from, from those, uh, those factors. Um, and it's a little unsettling. Um, and I think uh, from a personal perspective, uh, you know, I, I, I admit that I'm a passionate and emotional person at times. Um, uh, and, and it's uh, uh, very likely that in, in the vast majority, if not the entirety of cases where uh, I become more emotional, um, uh, I tend to be less logical. Uh, and, and it becomes a uh, uh, a win-lose scenario, and that's the, I think that is the that is the real real problem is that the emotion uh, basing things on emotion rather than fact tends to only have an outcome of win-lose, right? I mean, for me to win, you got to lose, and if you win, then I lose. Even even if that's not really the case, that's the that's the emotional state that's that I think is generated from that. Does that make sense to you, or, or do, do you think that's uh, relevant? That's real. That's uh, uh, makes sense in what what you've observed. I think there's a lot of things to unpack with that. Um, I think broadly, I I agree with the the statements and characterizations that you you've made here. I think that um, <clears throat> the problem is that we look at these situations from our own perspective. When I say we, I don't mean just you and me. I mean any of us, right? No matter what our beliefs are, our um, 
ideals are, our guiding principles, um, or lack thereof. Um, I think that uh, being individuals and having a subjective experience is um, inseparable from how one understands the world. I think I think that's just logically uh, deducible as well because all the only way that we understand the world is through the apparatus that we are right and um that in and of itself is going to determine the the information you get or the data that you get and then how it becomes information in your brain this is something i said i think either last episode or the previous episode but probably last episode where um uh Information is not information until it goes through a filter, right? It's just data until that point. And that filter is what's important. And so we as humans, our body, our physical body even, is a filter. So how we see something, like literally how we see it physically, depends on our eyes, depends on our brain, depends on a lot of different things. Same with hearing, touch, all that. Uh, So my point being is that when we come in the presence of a an occurrence, let's just say uh, something that happens, or um, uh, a reading about something that happened in the past. Regardless, it doesn't matter. We're going to come to understanding and interpreting that event through a whole lot of um, individualized perspective. One, in what knowledge we have of that event, particularly in similar events, maybe in the past. Two. Our ability to, to just cognitively process that. Three, our ability to emotionally process that, because that's part of the deal, too. <clears throat> and then, uh, four, our ability to synthesize. And so that's taking all of this input from different sources, different ways, emotional, physical, etc., uh, logical, etc., and pu- putting that together to build a picture of what we understand this thing to be so i I go through all of this it sounds like i'm i'm I'm, I'm going all the way around the world to answer your question but the problem is that's very difficult to do people always forever in time always will underestimate how difficult that is to do because for some people it's really easy to do but it's still very difficult for those people so so much more difficult for those who, who can't do that easily and thus, I think what happens is for people to want to feel relevant to uh, the world, to society, to anything outside of themselves, they have to adopt shortcuts on that synthesis process, right? And the way that they do that is a bunch of different ways. Uh, religion's one of those ways. Ideology is one of those ways. Um Whatever occurs to me first is one of those ways, right? Just a, a process, right? So a process can be one of those ways that, that people resolve that disconnect between the effort required to really synthesize an understanding about something and uh, wanting to have an understanding at a moment's notice because that's what our, how our world is. It works really, really fast, and you have to respond immediately. So over time, that's given rise to a lot of these frameworks that how people view the world and... Uh, as a, as shortcuts so that they don't have to go through all of that synthesis every single time an event happens. It's an abstraction process. Well, we've had several of those, and the, the biggest one um, in human history, in my opinion, the most important one in human history, in my opinion, and the most valuable one in human history, in my opinion, is the Enlightenment, where the way that that 
framework of understanding the world comes from is that we agree on several things. And that's what you're talking about. What you're talking about are the enlightenment values, right? That there is objective truth. We, uh, we, we can move ourselves toward knowing more and more of what that objective truth is. Whether we can know it fully or not, that, that's irrelevant. We can move to a place better than where we are right now. That's what's relevant. Closer to it than we are right now. That's what's relevant. <clears throat> and so that has developed over hundreds of years, right, at this point, into an extremely, an extremely and exceedingly complex society that um, has created a lot of, of um, interesting things. Wealth has created, you know, um, le- leisure time. What the heck was leisure time in the past? It's created so many things that people take for granted and understanding when they, when they try to think about and understand human life to the point where <clears throat> familiarity breeds contempt. And so this wonderful life and system that we have and, and things that we work with has grown contempt in people because they, they don't have the inherent meaning in life, the inherent uh, purpose in life for what to drive toward because everything's so instant and easy and no barrier. So th- what life is no challenge, right? Or, and, and, and some of them, it's life is an overwhelming challenge because they believe that it should be like that and it's not like that. Right, and so this contempt of the system has given rise to new, or, or yeah, new, we'll say newer frameworks uh, of interpreting the world and approaching the world that are at huge odds with Enlightenment values, because in fact they reject the fundamental basis of Enlightenment values. <clears throat> and so, what you have on that side is similar sorts of structures. Religion, <laughs> uh, all, all this other kind of stuff, right? <clears throat> so, but the religion looks very different. A religion born of these alternative structures looks very different than the religion born of like enlightenment structures. I this I, I guess all the way around the world to say um, yes. What's happening is that some of these alternative frameworks are causing people to be dogmatic, and their dogma isn't the truth. Their dogma is how they feel. That is my truth, right? My truth is my dogma. And the problem with that is the the problem that you identified at the beginning is that that's basically saying that, well, for you, up is up, but for me, down is up. We can't do that and have any kind of conversation. Literally, you cannot have a conversation if that is how the the, uh, frame of the conversation is. And so that's what we're having is an evolution of understanding and uh, adapting oneself to the world. The problem is that one of those systems works and one of those is very unlikely to work. We've seen a lot of evidence of why one of those systems, a lot of evidence why a lot of the Enlightenment value systems do work and these other systems don't work. Communism, right? Um, uh, fascism, uh, all of these like really extreme sort of political structures that can show up because of these, some of these things are the case. But the, <clears throat> even there's stuff beyond that, right? This whole thing where people are trying to uh, go back to might makes right, but the might isn't my fist in your face. The might is my voice against yours. We're fighting a meta war in that sense. And all of this is a meta war in that sense. It's not a we're duking it out. It's we're shouting at each other. The problem is you can't shout somebody into a submission, or can you, right? That's really the, the thesis that's being tested right now, I think, is can right. you shout somebody into a, a submission? And I see that we're my from my perspective, we're starting to see that in some ways it is effective. It can be effective. 
And it, it is no less dangerous. Mark my words, it's no less dangerous than me coming at you with my fist. Well, in fact, it may be more it's dangerous. Probably more. I was going to say it is probably more dangerous because the 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 coming at someone with your fist or physically, that's healable if it's not fatal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it will. People can recover and heal from that. But the kinds of uh, it's also res- a resolution. And- it's at least a resolution too. If I knock you out, you're not going to stop me from doing what I want to do at that point. I, you're, you're out cold. I'm going to do what I want to do. The problem. Right. The problem with the shout-down method is that it, all that does, it does, it does, in the popular sphere, you win, right? And you have control. And then you drive everything underground. And everything you drive underground gets a million times more radicalized because of that. And you create a hellscape on this earth by doing that. People just don't understand that that's what's going on. Is they're creating a, like literally are creating a hellscape in the guise of trying to save us from hell in their self fashioned hell. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional right. about this because I feel very deeply about this topic. No, I think that's fine. No, I, I understand because I, I think you you are um, uh, describing it in a in a psychosocial manner that uh, makes a lot of sense to me. That, that's giving some some clarity to uh, my observations, uh, or at least clarity of understanding of the things that I have uh, have witnessed and seen and heard. And I mean, we all have, but, but you know, I, you just you scratch your head. Uh, I do going, why? I mean, why are people doing this? And your your ex- explanation here is is, is a good uh, social psycho or, 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 you know, psychosocial, whichever, uh, it's the, the individual inside the behavior inside the group, uh, social psychology was what my course was called in college, uh, years ago, um, where you study the individual, uh, the behavior of individuals in groups. Um, and, and I think that's what we're, what we're witnessing is that, um, there, it is a, it is a means and a method to an end. Right. And the the end, as, as you said, I, I think is has been demonstrated historically to, to not have a high likelihood of success. Uh, and in fact, it has an extremely high likelihood of, 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 of abject failure, uh, according to history. Right. I mean, failure is putting it nicely. It's, it's, it's complete human catastrophe and, and misery, suffering. You know, un, endless death, endless woe. Uh, there are no words to describe the. I have to go back to the word hell. It is just literal hell on earth that that enacts. From my perspective, not my perspective. This is truth. This is provable fact. You can look at history and point to it. And mm, I, I'll stop there. <laughs> so I think, well, without getting too political, but but I think some of the. Some of the uh, things we're witnessing in in this country, in the United States, I think, are, are sort of demonstrating that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you look at what, what's been going on up in Portland for, for for weeks now, if not months, and up up in Seattle, and and you know, things like this are starting to happen, you know, repeatedly in Chicago and in other, you know, major metropolitan areas on on smaller scales up to this point, um, and and. It's a it's a case of the illogic uh, the illogical uh, perspective or or, or uh, seeming uh, the lack of logic in, in what's going on right the there's, uh, there's I heard complete someone, logic in it though the thing is that there's I I, I, I want to give you a moment but let me let me just 
sting this in here real quick. There's complete logic in it. The problem is you're trying to look at the logic on the individual level. The logic doesn't exist on the individual level. The, the, the individual is a cell in a multicellular organism, and the logic's at the level of that multicellular organism, not at the, the individual. But that's all I'll say about that for this sure. moment. But go ahead. Right. And, and, and my, my, I was trying to make the point that it's it, it appears illogical from my observation, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there, there's, there are, again, going back to your, your initial comments, that we, we all have to uh, have to process all the things, all the inputs and all the, the, the stimuli that, that are around us into, into our, our psyche and then into our, our choices of behaviors and actions and beliefs and, and, and points of view and such. And so, you know, I, I admit that that's what I'm doing in, in, in this situation. It certainly is filtered. The information or the facts are filtered uh, by my perceptions and my understandings and my values and things of that sort. And, and that's where it, it, the conclusion of the, that it's, it's not logical because uh, the, the outcomes that I believe uh, are, are logical or, or uh, certainly uh, almost assured uh, are not anything that I think that, that a, a enlightened person would, would want, would seek. Right, they they would not want to have things you know limited. Um, uh, so anyway, and and I, I we're devi- I'm deviating quite a bit from social media, but I think this is how I think the, what we, some of the things we talked about last time they're manifesting themselves. I mean, I think the the, the there is logic in that it, social media is, is certainly a vehicle for uh, enablement, a, a vehicle for quick communication, for proliferating. Uh, recruitment and things of that sort it's a different way you're thinking uh, about two you're thinking about two basically that's not what it is so this uh, let me let me fast forward to my thesis about the mm-hmm. the, the ill of social media because everybody tells us, oh social media is messing with humans blah blah, blah this that, and the other no you, your scope is wrong your scope is so out of bounds about what's from my perspective what's actually going on that that you're irrelevant and and, and i think that um there's a lot of uh unfortunate nature in that that scope so out of bounds and so my mission here at least in this conversation is try to pull it back to where i think the bounds are which is that the ill of social media the the uh problem not problem the scary part about social media is not that you know it uh dehumanizes us you know makes us lose contact It, it uh uh, this, that, or the other, because I don't. I think that that there's a lot of there's so many positives on the other side of it that it's worth those things. Even even if it's true, I don't think that it's fully true. But even if it were fully true, I think it's worth those things because of the positives, are, the upside of it, is so big, it's so so big that it's worth accepting that. Uh, so that's not a very conservative perspective. I understand that, I, but I, I, I'm not totally a conservative person. I, I never claimed to be. Um, but here's where I think the real problem is, is that the way that it's playing out right now is, and this goes back to my whole, the person's a cell in, in a multicellular organism. Social media is the nervous system of this organism. So social media is being used to program every single individual cell with how to lockstep, get together and do the, the thing, right? And it's doing it using well-known uh, uh, uh Psychological techniques, you know, uh, you know, o- almost like um, hypn- hypnotizing people—not really hypnotizing, but just 
not in the uh, stu- ridiculous sense of hypnotizing, uh, in, in the actual sense of hypnotizing, where you, you, you pump something into somebody over and over and over and over, and they will start acting on that, right? That's what's happening, and that's what's really problematic with social media, is that it, it can be used by that way, and it is be, being used that way. And that, combined with the fact that the people who control it, and people who are banning people off the platform, who are censoring the platform, and who are deciding who has the voices on the platform, they have the control about who gets programmed and how they get programmed that is the scary as hell part about it it's literally scary to me like i it uh i think that it's overcomable and i don't think that it's uh total i don't think it's even close to total that's the redeeming part to me is that the upside to social media is so good in the grip that this organism has on social media as a programming mechanism is so far from total still that I think that there's lots of hope for it eroding because you're going to have generations of younger and younger individuals whose literal whole life is going to be on social media from the day one that they were able to. And you probably already have some of those people now, but you certainly will over the next decade, right, that are really coming into their own. And those kids are going to hate, 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 hate this big gargantuan thing because they're going to understand how much there is to life. They're going to understand how much they can be and achieve and how many different things they can be interested in and how much they don't have to fall in lockstep with any certain way of doing things. And the more people that are like that, the more people are going to reject this whole, you know, uh, uh, groupist mindset, you know, collectivist mindset, which is really what this is, right? In, 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 some, in some manners. It's really funny because it's a, a, an amalgamation of a bunch of different things, and that's just kind of part of it. Um, but anyway, so I think there's a lot of positive upside here. I think there's a lot of uh, optimism to be had, but I, we're talking about the negative parts of it. I, no one understands, I think very few people understand how catastrophically horrible things could go if that mechanism were to become total on social media generally and just basically it's going to make your kids into whatever it wants it doesn't matter who what you want your kids to be that sort of a thing that's what it's going to be anyway <laughs> i'm like two inches from conspiracy theory i understand but um all you have to do is look at it it's the facts you can prove that what i'm saying is true I think you're, the the whole thing about the control of the information and the control of the programming uh, is is I think pretty clear that, that that's going on, right? I mean, with um, the the amazing thing is that these these large social media uh, empires, or if you will, or machinery, uh, they're given uh, statutory protections by the government as as uh, media and journalism, yet they're not. They're fighting, and they're not held to the same account uh, on uh, federal, uh, you know, federal uh, laws and controls. Um, you know, from the standpoint of limiting people, uh, you know, and limiting free speech and and filtering and and uh, uh, things like that. Um, that that part is is uh, scary as well, right? Because that's that's how they can continue doing what they're doing and have the impact that you you mentioned that becomes now generational uh, and then beyond that becomes institutionalized right it becomes the norm rather than something that's happening you know from outside the norm into the norm it becomes the norm um and that that is i think uh um 
a manifestation of what you said that that is uh, uh, scary to me and you know I, I potentially could be the path to the 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 uh, destruction of humanity in total uh, into something I, I can't even imagine what it would be but it it, it, it wouldn't be anything like uh, anything that I've ever witnessed or uh, I think we've ever witnessed or anyone's ever witnessed in history of, of man so far of mankind so far I think that ultimately um all systems, um, all self-contained systems in this world can generally self-correct over given enough time. And, and if they're not, you know, just like wiped out with one blow, right? You know, it's, if, if like, <clears throat> like, Dinosaur. right. Yeah. Exa- great example. Great example. Uh, dinosaurs would still be with us today, here today if there had not been an extinction level event, right? And mm-hmm. so barring mm-hmm. any such event, Everything's correctable, I think. And particularly with this, it's correctable. Because what, what will happen is, let's say let's say that control becomes total on social media. Let's say that control becomes institutionalized, like you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Let's say that becomes um, not just institutionalized, but canonicalized, meaning that it, it becomes tradition. Because so, mm-hmm. at some point, that, will, that might happen, right? Because if it becomes institutionalized, it has the potential to become canonicalized. Um. Or canonized, I don't know, whatever. It becomes the canon. <clears throat> and then 100 years after it becomes canon, 200 years after it becomes canon, um, let's just say let's say it makes it that far. What's the end game if we play all of this out, right? History tells us that all that happens is there's, there's a class of elite rulers, and then everybody else dies. Over time, everybody else dies. Okay, sure. That sucks. That's really bad, and I don't want that to happen, and I really hope that we can avoid that outcome. But let's just play it out. Let's just say that happens, and then over time, everybody dies. Well, then what happens? The elite class shrinks, shrinks, shrinks. At some point, they're going to be like, this is a sinking ship. <laughs> We've got to do something different. And so then they will either sink, and it will be the end of humanity like you're, you're speaking of, or they'll figure it out. And I think that at some point, you're going to get one guy that's really smart, and he's going to be like, forget all y'all. I'm going to go do this. Here's my plan. Who wants to come with me? And then I'm going to go kill him. And if they kill him, then he's probably smart enough to understand that they're to, to see the writing on the wall that they're going to try to kill him and bring people to protect mm-hmm. himself. Because it's like, right. then you become literally ruler of the world at that point. But it's a small world. It's a much smaller world. But then there's the possibility for the cycle to begin again. Yeah, you know, and I think I mentioned before that that in my undergraduate degree, I, I, I took more uh, coursework and stu- had more studies in in sociology than I did in what my actual degree was in. Yeah, um, but it was relevant. I mean, it was relevant. It wasn't like it was uh, different. It was a criminal justice degree, and, and sociology is certainly very, very relevant to criminal justice. Um, but one of the theories that that I recall very, very plainly, and and I've I've kept it, you know, in in my in my thinking. Uh, all my entire life since I've gotten out of college, and, and that is social history, uh, not just social history, but but uh, history has shown and and uh, time and time and time again that there's there's a um, a cycle that that societies and 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 uh, cultures go through, and that is you know the 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 haves rise up to, to power and authority and the have-nots because they're a larger group tend to band together at some point in time and, and they overtake the haves. So the have-nots rise up against the haves and then 
out of that comes a new group of haves, right? Because those of the have-nots, you know, uh, out of the, the, the result of lots of things, not, not the least of which is, is human ego, human desire, human selfishness, there will be those that rise up. And there will also be those that, that rise up uh, appropriately and, and organically and, and uh, uh, by the will of the group, right, to be the, the leaders. Uh, they establish themselves and in, in they're embraced or accepted or, or put forth as, as the leaders. And they, in turn, become the haves just out of circumstance. And some out of design, some out of circumstance. And then that cycle begins uh, once again. Um, and uh, I think the... Uh, current uh, uh, Western world society, the the, the developed part of, of, of our world, um, has been trying to uh, uh, stave off that, not, not from protecting the haves per se, but to create an equilibrium and a homeostasis where, where it all works, right? It, it doesn't, the, 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 that there's enough of a balance and a, and a, and a avenue and a path from the have-nots into the haves, you know, by your own, you know, individual uh, efforts and, and 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 successes, that that would you know sort of keep that you know by by way of having that that highway of of of, of ascension, it also is a highway of dissension, which you know history shows that that has occurred. Right, there have been those extremely uh, uh, powerful and 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 rich. Uh, uh, individuals that are part of the haves th- that lose it for whatever reason through, you know, whatever kinds of, of uh, uh, events that occur. Um, I wonder, I wonder, with that as a, as, as a context for this real simple, short question, I wonder, is what we're witnessing now in the world, and especially in the United States, uh, most most clearly, an example of a group of have-nots, and, and and it's different. It's not, it's not, you know, the 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 oppressed per se. It's not not just. Maybe there are some some that are oppressed, some that are that are destitute, some that are, you know, in in, in dire, you know, material and physical uh, situations. Are they rising up against those that that they deem to be the haves in some fashion? Right, and uh, maybe it's power, maybe it's it's material, maybe it's wealth, maybe it's uh, uh, perception. And I think this goes back to the thing about the emotion. And and I think some of the the uh, points and situations that a, a lot of legitimate, uh, uh, peaceful demonstrations and protests have been occurring for, you know, the 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 the. The lowercase b Black Lives Matter versus you know the organization. I'm not speaking of the organization, but you know they're they're protesting about their perception or belief or or understanding of of inequities and unfair treatment. I, and and I, and I I don't begrudge anyone, regardless what color, what circumstance, what what situation, if they feel an injustice, they have the right to to raise that injustice up of to course, be you know spoken to and, and addressed and, and 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 what all but when it's when it is that in quote unquote injustice is a perceived rather than fact it's an emotion based on a historical thing rather than than a factual thing when i say historical 
I think, especially with with the, the with the racial situation, that's the, the one that's the clearest and easiest to, to speak toward. The the whole issue of slavery, and uh, you know, I, it's probably one of the most horrendous uh, parts of of history in 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 our country in this United, in the United States. But it exists around the world, so it's not like you know the United States has a corner on on slavery. But it was a horrendous thing. Uh, I personally never did anything, had nothing to do with slavery and think that I, I'm appalled by the thought, by the thought of how, you know, the, the, the slaves were, were treated and, and, and treated, you know, physically treated and emotionally mistreated and, and physically mistreated. It's just, it, it's appalling to think that, that any human being would, would want to do that to another human being is just, is just beyond my, my comprehension. But there's still such strong emotion uh, about you know uh, it, from that history, and that's been 150 years ago that it was abolished. And I got it. There were a lot of civil rights things that the the issues and, and limitations that um, continued post the the, the ab- abolition of slavery. And I understand that. I'm not trying to discount that. Um, but I, but I think the the uh, I've heard this many times recently. The, the whole idea of emotionalizing that versus factualizing it and, and finding some way that, that people can, in, in a civil society, agree that there are certain things that are facts and that the emotions around those facts are, are real too. But you can't act on emotions. You have to act on the, on the information and the facts. Because if you act just on emotion, the only other outcome is that someone else is, is, is now... Uh, dealt with in an, in an unfair and unjust manner, and they become emotional about it. So, so it becomes an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And uh, you know, I think someone wisely, much more wise than me, much wiser than me, said one point in time, you know, too much eye for an eye uh, ends up and everybody's blind. And and so we have to be careful that we can't. This is, you know, mutual bank, mutual uh, 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 destruction. Uh, not the fear of mutual destruction, but mutual destruction means everybody's destroyed. Uh, and, and I think my, my fear is, and that's sort of where we talked about some of the the circumstances that that you know potentially could occur, could happen, could the outcomes um, sort of sound like that's 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 a potential path. So how do we get off that path? How how do how can as a humanity, as a as a as a society, how can we get off that path? We can't. No, so th- that's the wrong question. That's the, the and and the, the 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 that's such the and I and I don't mean to disrespect you by saying this. That's that 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 question is exactly you asking that question that way is exactly why we can't think about the question you just asked. I just said, what can what can humanity or society do to get off that path? Right. To, How? To, what can we do as a collective do to get collectively off this path? You can't. That's the problem. Is this collective mentality about everything that we have to be beholden to each other in that way? That we have to be responsible for everybody else in that way? Now, I'm not saying let's not take responsibility for those that we can and and have reason to and 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 want to show that love, want to show that support. Our family, our friends, our community, the the person down the street who who's hungry, and you can help 
feed them. If they need a place to stay, you can help them uh, uh, have a place to stay for a while. I mean, that's the stuff that we need. We have to individualize the issues, not collectivize the issues. So that question in and of itself is the the reason why I, 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 there's a little tongue in cheek. But the reason why I say that is that that's that's from a collective perspective. That's the wrong question to ask. The question is, what can I do? And everybody has to ask and answer that question. What can I do? And then not only answer it, but do that thing and those things. That's the thing. And and so few people are willing to do that. That <clears throat> I think that that really getting off the path is a, is a, is a hard road to hoe. But I want to pivot back a little bit and talk a bit about what you were uh, speaking of with regards to you know the emotionalization versus the rationalization. <clears throat> Because we have to talk directly at the problem. And the problem, again, is the collective ideal. You are aiming this still at the individual. Like the individual in those situations are going to make a change. They're not going to. uh, Because that's where they find themselves is they have given themselves, their identity, everything about them over to some collective. And they they are nothing. Only the collective has power, not them. Right? They are, are sitting in a position where they feel like they have been taken advantage. Of. Some have been taken advantage of. Don't get me wrong, but but I'm just I'm talking about the ones who are uh, in an irrational position. Let's just say. And they are sitting where they feel like they've been taken advantage of, that they feel that they have no control. They feel they have no power. They feel they have no ability to move from where they are. They feel like they're so limited in their life that they have completely ceded that power to something else. And then along comes this ideal, this this way of thinking about the world that says, hey, you know why you felt that way? That person took it from you. Let's come with us and we'll we'll go and take it back from him. Right. That's all that it is. And I don't mean just money. Right. I mean, anything, opportunity, you know, joy, happiness, you know, love, anything. <laughs> and that's just the wrong way to think about the world. But the, the problem is, it's not that these people have emotionally come to this conclusion. It's not that they certainly not rationally. Right. We've established that earlier in the conversation. But it's not even that they've emotionally come to this conclusion, which is slightly what you were hinting at. And I don't know if that's how you really think about it or feel about it. But they haven't, haven't emotionally come to this conclusion. There are potsters. There are people who are intending and that is their sole purpose to make the uh, to froth all of this and foment all of this anger, resentment, hate, uh, uh, action, uh, violence, etc., um, toward the an entrenched system. But what's so funny is, and I know I want to try to tie this in real quickly with what you're talking about with the slavery and all that, and about how lamentable that was, and how you know there's problems even after we abolish slavery. All right, what's the source of that problem? What's the source of that problem? What do you think? What, what do I think? Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it goes back to the point, uh, partly to the point I was saying earlier about emotions. Uh, people have... Uh, no, no, uh, I mean, I mean the, the slavery and then all the things since then that were they're so lamentable about the history of the United States that you're talking about. Why did slavery no, exist want, in the United States? The United States. Why? Why didn't people just like? Why didn't the slaves just like all up and just kill their uh, their masters and 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 leave? 
you tell me what you're after because I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> they what would you're get after. thrown in jail. It was illegal for them to do that. It was one legal for for uh, some humans to own other humans, and two, it was illegal for those other humans to not accept that lot in life and that position in life. The only thing that was there making that happen was the law, quote unquote law. law. And the government that enforced it and the thugs of that government that enforce it. And those are thugs enforcing slavery. And if anybody wants to say that somebody enforcing slavery is not a thug, come at me. But uh, seriously, though, right? And so... And I'm not I'm not going to be here and get on my stump about, you know, the government's the source of all problems, right? But my point being is that, okay, let's just talk about oh, abolition. Uh, uh, that happened. Wonderful. Literally, absolutely wonderful. I mean that genuinely, as, as genuinely as I can. Then Jim Crow laws. Jim Crow laws, not Jim Crow society, right? It's the laws, right? Society will change. And I'm not saying law drives society. I actually quite reverse. Uh, society doesn't even drive laws <clears throat> directly. Culture drives society. Society drives laws. Thus, culture drives laws. Thus, culture drives government. Thus, thus, culture is the root of all the things that we need to change, we want to change, etc. You're not going to change it by getting on the stump about politics. You're not going to change it about getting on the stump about uh, 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 society. You're not going to do it about getting on the stump about you know these darn kids today. Right? You only are going to change things by meeting the culture where it's at, understanding the long game, and playing the long game. The problem is that the people who most recently, probably around, I guess, post-World War II, let's say, and to, to, until today, they understood that. And then they got in, and this, this whole pot stirring that's being done has been done very intelligently, very intentionally, to seed itself into culture and now what we're seeing is those seeds that were planted post-World War II are finally coming to fruition in politics in 2020. Well, not finally. I would, you know, 2010, somewhere around then is when it really started ramping up. And so this is a long game. So you're talking about a what 60-year game, basically, that was played, and we're seeing the end game of it right now. Initial stages of the end game of it right now. And so my point being is that if we want to address this thing, two things we have to do. And I, I'm, now I'm finally going to come to answer, I think, the question you wanted to ask me ultimately. There's two things we need to do. Three things. The first thing is the most difficult thing. Realize it's not going to happen in our lifetime. Period. It's just not. Right? That's the patience point. You have to be patient. Two you have to go where change is made. Remember, that's not that's not in politics. That's not in society. It's in culture. You have to go to the culture. And three, you have to do everything you can as an individual to charge the people that you can talk to, the people you can affect, the people you can influence, the people you can convince at the cultural level you have to put every ounce of everything that you have into making that impact there and helping them understand the real message in a way that relates to them through the culture, and that it requires emotionalization. That's the hard part, right? You have to use those tactics because those are the only tactics that humans respond to organically, right? Logical, The, the logic of everything that hits people like you and me real hard because you and I are logical people, 
We're an extremely small percentage of people. And I don't mean that that we're better than people at all whatsoever. Quite the contrary, because it makes us hard for me particular. It makes me it's harder for me to to uh, mesh in with other people. It makes my life harder in that sense. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love who I am and how I am. But the reality of it is, is we're such a small percentage of of people that taking that tact will never work at societal levels. If that's what you're wanting to affect at government levels or whatever large level you're wanting to affect. So you have to know that you're you can only make the impact that you can make individually with other people. One on one, you know, one on group. If you can get to a group that that will, you know, respect you in some way or, or care about what you have to say or, or doing, but that's what it has to be. That's where it has to. That's where it has to go. I really believe that is literally the only way to change things. That makes sense. I mean, what you just described in 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 uh, a certain way is is the the true definition or the definition of true leadership, right? Leadership is not is not power and authority. It is the influence that uh, comes when someone's looking at the long game, when they are doing everything that they can individually do, right, to to uh, influence and, and, and achieve and accomplish. And then they influence those around them uh, uh, that they also have that, that power and ability to do the same. And, and typically... Uh, you know, true leadership uh, is not something someone seeks. It's it's something that they are. So I think uh, I can maybe uh, internalize and encapsulize what you just shared with with that uh, that way for me. Um, it's it is, and and, and I and I certainly uh, understand and, and and agree with your um, characterization of I asked the wrong question uh, because it's. Uh, the, the thought was, my thought was, how can we make things better for everyone, right? And, sure. and we can't. I can. You can. But we can only do what we can do. But, but if enough are connected in that fabric and are woven together in that fabric, that's where the, the, the impact begins to happen. Here's the thing is we can't so, save the world, right? Right. I, I'm going um, to go off the rails here. But I think it's important because it is so relevant to what we're talking about right now. And I, I won't take too long to talk about this. Um, we can't save the world. Only the Christ figure can save the world. But the Christ figure is something that we all each individually have to embody. Because only when we all individually embody that Christ figure will the world be saved. Until then, it's all lost. We can individually be saved. We can individually you know, come to understand truth. We can all individually you know, be pulled from being lost. But the only way that the world gets saved is that everyone adopts that approach. That's my perspective. That's my belief in life. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and preach on brother, as they say down home. <laughs> um, I think that, I think that's a fantastic point to, to wrap up our, our uh, discussion today on. Um, I, I really like where this conversation went. Um, it got to some really deep meaning and and uh, uh, pronouncements, and I look forward to where we can take it from here. I mean, I think there's still uh, you know many many points to to uh, discuss related to this, but I think they will all describe and ultimately come back to that last point you just made. I, I fully agree with that. So we all have uh, we all have to pick up and bear our own cross. Yeah. Pretty amazing, pretty amazing, and and it doesn't 
that doesn't necessarily speak to the differences in, in religions and belief and philosophy. It's it's about the the story of man, right? Uh, you know, but, in, in, and in the there's yeah. similar stories in all of those religions, though. That's sure. the whole thing. Oh, sure. it, it, it is a human thing. It is 100% right. a human thing. Yep, yep, indeed. Well, uh, I think that's that's a great that's a, a great discussion today. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, got a lot from it, and and yet again, you said more than one thing profound today, and and uh, I appreciate so much your insights and uh, and the passion about your insights as well. So. Uh, Let's continue to do what we do. Let's continue to make the differences we can make, and let's continue to make the changes that we personally can make, and 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 just see what we can can affect uh, as we as we go down the paths of uh, of our day to day lives. So, definitely seems like the right way to go. Great. Yep, indeed. All right, uh, Jordan, my friend, uh, have a great one. Again, it's it's always good to get back together with you. And, definitely, uh, definitely. We'll see you again next time. All right, sounds good. See you, Dole. Bye.